Everybody ready for some word today? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I want to continue today with a series that we began last week. Last week, new series talking about spiritual growth. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Beginning in the, we'll begin reading in the 13th verse. You remember the Bible says that the Lord gave us the fivefold ministry for a purpose of equipping the saints for the work of ministry and so forth. Let's pick up in verse 13. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to, a, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. Everybody say, No longer. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so discussing and talking about growing, we're not talking about physical growth here. I'm not talking about someone who's a two-year-old, physically speaking, and growing into maturity as an adult. But we are talking about a different kind of growth that the Bible speaks about that we refer to as spiritual growth. And this type of growth is a necessity if we're ever going to handle the harvest that the Lord is bringing in. Handle the increase that, that God is sending us to, uh, I'm talking about a harvest of the precious fruit of the earth. The lives of men and women who are separated from God being restored and reunited with the Lord through the new birth. We must have enough. We must have a significant number of individuals who have developed, who have grown, who who understand and are discerning of right and wrong. And they know how to to handle themselves concerning the word of God and, and, and spiritual things. But what, what can, can happen, it's possible, and we see this by the Scripture, it's possible for someone to remain a child. Because he said, the Lord gave these gifts, the Lord did these things, so that we would not continue on as children. And w- w- let me remind you of this, chronological age, or, or time spent as a Christian does not equal maturity. It's possible for someone to be saved for a very long time and still be a child, spiritually speaking. And so we want to avoid that. Everybody up for avoiding that? We recognize that would be bad. And uh, I know this, that in a, in, a, in a healthy, growing church like ours, we will always have babies. Babies. I'm not talking about the nursery out there. I'm talking about the nursery in here. <laughs> We will always have new believers, baby Christians, those who are new to the things of God. And that's a positive thing, isn't it? I mean, if there's, a, if there's an absence of babies in the house, I think there's an absence of mature people in the house. Because how many know mature people have babies? Right? And spiritually speaking, that means we are reaching the lost. Right? But here's the thing. If the church is full of, if the vast majority of people in the church are still in an immature state of of their walk with God, of Christianity, 
then we have a church full of problems too, don't we? <laughs> we do. Now, now, every church has problems. Every church has issues because there's people, people in various stages of, of growth and development, and we're not perfected in that, in that regard. Um, the, we are a, a work in progress. And because of that, people have issues and emotional issues and baggage from their past. And that's why we preach the word and we get in God's presence and things change and things are altered. And thank God we're continually going up. However, let me say it again, though. If we have a a large percentage of people who are still in an immature babyhood state of Christianity, we got more problems than we can handle. (laughs) Everybody with me? We need a whole lot of grown-ups in the house spiritually developed people who can discern right from wrong, who can handle relationships, who can have a perspective of life, can have a perspective of eternity that, is, uh, that, w- that would equal the perspective that God has. All right? And if we'll do that, then we can handle it. But if not, it's going to be a chaotic mess. El meserito. Every now and then I slip into Spanish, sorry. (laughs) Look with me at Philippians chapter 3. Just uh, if you're in in there in Ephesians, right turn, Philippians 3. There is an attitude and a mindset that all of us can and should have concerning uh, our own selves, our own spiritual development, and it's it's what Paul had. Paul was the man. He wrote a good portion of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. And uh, he would be one that we would look at and look at his life and say, that guy had it going on. He was most certainly not an immature believer. He was developed. He, was, he had experience in God. He, was, he, he had grown spiritually. But yet look at the, the self-description that, that he has. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. He writes... Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Now, again, we'd look at him and say, Paul, you've got it. I mean, you've got it going on. But he said of himself, and this would be key. Because if we're saying this of ourselves, probably a good idea. If we're not, mm, we might not be as mature as we think. He said, or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, he recognizes there's some things I don't have yet. There's some things that, that I haven't laid a hold of yet. Brethren, that includes sistren. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So that's his attitude. That's what he is doing with his life. He's moving forward. He's making spiritual progress. Even though he does know God. Even though he's in a, a, a depth of, of revelation knowledge that most people don't have. He's still saying about himself, I'm moving forward. I'm making progress. I'm going, uh, I'm going to a, a higher place. I would encourage all of us to look at ourselves Are we further along than we were a few months ago, a year ago? Have we made spiritual progress? Is there a greater connectivity with our Father? Is there there a greater flow of His blessing and power and favor flowing in and through our lives? If not, we might want to get on the stick. 
Huh? We might want to get back to recognizing that there's something we need to press on into. We need to move forward into so we can experience God's best. He, he went on to say, uh, verse 15, therefore, now how many know therefore is you stop and see what it's there for. So he's talking about his attitude, his heart of moving forward. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, as are what? Mature. And not, not everybody is mature. But he's saying, let us, as many as are mature, you think yourself to be a mature person. Let us have this mind. Have this mind. The mature think like this. They do. This is how the mature approach themselves. What, what is that? I haven't arrived yet. I don't know everything yet. There's still more for me to experience and grow into. That's a mature position. How many know the opposite would also be true? The person who says, no, I pretty much know all this. I pretty much got this down. Um, <laughs> that's the person who's deceived. And how many know the deceived person is the last to know it? That, that's the person who's deceived. That's the person who's not really making any spiritual progress. That's the person who's not moving forward. She said, but let the mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Now, that's a good promise right there, by the way. That's one you might ought to take up. Take the Lord up on that. It, it, what, what's that? It's, it's saying this. Lord, Father, if I think different than you, if I'm thinking about my life, and about my spiritual progress. And about where, what I know and what I don't know. What I have what I don't know. If I'm thinking different from you in any regard. Show this to me. Reveal this to me. I need to see where I'm at so I can move forward. Would anybody be open to praying that prayer? Anybody be open to talking to the Lord that way? I tell you what I have and I do. If I'm thinking wrong about this situation, if I'm thinking wrong about this, if I'm different from you in any way, I thank you. Your word says you will reveal it to me. Amen. Amen. Now, if that's your heart's prayer, then watch out because it might get answered in the rest of the service. <laughs> Sometimes we'll find ourselves in a position where we're not really in agreement with the Lord. Where we're dealing with situations, we're dealing with people, we're viewing our own selves in a way that's contrasting the way that he really sees it. And so we want to make some adjustments. But again, mature people think this way. The immature think they're fine. They don't want anyone to tell them to do it different. They don't want to hear something that contradicts the way that they always are because that's comfortable. This is the way I've learned to live. I've learned to just accept life this way. And they don't like any disruption. But that's one of the reasons we have church. Disruption. Yeah. In other words, uh, sometimes we need to be interrupted in our thought process. You know, like you interrupt a, uh, an electrical current. You, you need to interrupt it so it starts going in a different direction. And how many know uh, in church, for the most part, you don't get to pick the topic. I mean, you can stay away. <laughs> On TV, you know, you can change the channel. Once you're here, we're all going to know. If you get up in the middle. <laughs> you know, it's like going to a restaurant. You say, I'll take the uh, chicken fried steak. 
and gravy and, you know, potatoes. And, and, uh, and they say, do you, do you want the broccoli? No. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Hold the broccoli. <laughs> that doesn't go with that meal anyway, does it? But, uh, uh, and, and so you go to a restaurant, you know, and you, get a, you choose what you eat here. Uh, this is different than a restaurant. <laughs> In other words, I get, the, I get to put together the meal, like when we were kids. You know, and your parents put things on your plate. Whether you liked it or not, you were eating it. Right? Everybody ready? <laughs> Hallelujah. So pride keeps the immature from pressing on. But the mature recognize that we need to press on and make progress and move forward. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians the third chapter. You might remember about this book, uh, 1 Corinthians, that book, that that church was abundantly carnal, immature. Gifts of the Spirit were flowing. God was in the house. People were getting saved and healed. But they, were all, they also had a whole lot of problems. And you read throughout the book and you see a lot of them dealt with. Paul would deal with their wrong behavior. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, notice verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Now, n- notice the language used. Spiritual is contrasted with carnal. Carnal is synonymous with babes in Christ. Okay, so someone is either spiritual or carnal. Everybody know carnal is, uh, it means fleshy. Like your, your can and your pantry that says chili con carne. Right? <laughs> chili with flesh. Is that gross? Meat, you know. I've never experienced this before. It was so... It's just staying with you. He said they were... He said, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal or what? Fleshy. Does that even... That doesn't even sound good when we talk about ourselves. You are a very fleshy person. Well, what does that mean? You're unspiritual. Your carnal, your body dominated, fleshly ruled, you're, you live in the sense world, you don't live in the spiritual world. Everybody with me? And people don't automatically enter into and live out of spiritual things, they gravitate towards fleshly things. And he said, that's the way you guys are. He said, I could, can't even talk to you about things uh, as, as a spiritual person people because you're a bunch of babies okay so this is not real positive chapter is it verse 2 i fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you are not able to receive it and even now you're still not able you're still not able still a bunch of what babies they're still immature they're still carnal in other words, you were carnal and, and, and you were immature and that would be okay if you're just born. You're supposed to be. But you weren't just born. You've been saved for a while so you should be beyond this. Verse 3, for you are still carnal. For where, 
there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? And so their identification then with just certain individuals, instead of just identifying with Christ, was not seen as a positive thing. And in here now, in this passage that we just read, there's three specific indicators that he mentioned, and there can be more, but he mentioned three specific indicators that, that showed that the church at Corinth was very immature, that they were, they, were, they were very carnal. Let's take a look at those. He said, number one, there's envy. Number one, there's envy. If there's a whole lot of envy in a person's life, that shows immaturity. This is the feeling of displeasure produced by witnessing or hearing of the advantage or prosperity of others. Someone else is doing well. Someone else is blessed financially. Someone else is blessed spiritually. They're blessed with a, a material thing. They're blessed with healing. They're blessed with something really good going on in their life. And it kind of annoys you. That's not a sign of maturity, is it? No. He said that, that would be envy. It produces displeasure. This word is contrasted a little bit from jealousy, which is also a, a work of the flesh. Uh, jealousy uh, is when a person desires to have what you have or the same sort of thing that another person has. But when a person gets into envy, then they not only want that thing, but they want yours. <laughs> and, and they want yours. Not only do they want to have it, but they want you to not have it. Yeah. If you ever find yourself in, in that condition, recognize the source of it. It's coming from the flesh. Not coming from the Spirit. You, you, someone else is blessed and you want that blessing and you want that person not to have your, that blessing. Yeah. It's ugly. It's selfish. It's, it's immature. But it exists. See, the immature are very self-conscious whereas the mature are God-conscious. They see a bigger picture. They see the, the, what's really happening. I, I remember a number of years ago, uh, one, one of my staff wanted to do something and do something for me and bless me in the church. It was a double honor type of thing that the scripture talks about. And so he shared with individuals in the church when I was not there um, about doing something, buying this particular thing for me, and it was expensive and, and yada, yada, yada. And uh, I was, you know, wow, praise God. Thank, just, just thankful, nothing else I could say regarding that. But uh, there was an individual, this word got back. They, they, they heard about what was happening and they heard about this situation and they were very upset with it and they, they said to them well, why would the church be doing something like that I mean when when the economy's not too good people are struggling looking for work and and they, they have all these these financial needs in their life and yet why would they be doing something to bless a person with something that's not even a necessity of life and that that type of thing and when I heard that I was highly disappointed I really was I thought I must not be doing a good job teaching because that is this person had been saved for a while but they were very very immature it's this it's this attitude of of envy it's this attitude of where we're not happy when someone else is blessed we ought to check that if we ever find it creeping up in our in our thoughts and our emotions someone else gets a, a a blessing that you've been praying for Someone else gets healed while yours hasn't 
manifest. You know what I'm talking about? Someone else is touched in their life in such a way that you would desire it. Watch your response. Watch your emotional reaction. And if it's anything other than praise God, that is awesome. Way to go. Nice. Then you'll recognize there needs to be some growth there and some development in love. Praise God. When the, when one part rejoices, we ought to all rejoice. And how many know God is no favorite? He doesn't play favorites. He's no respecter of persons. And if you get something from him, if the Lord blesses you, I'm in the same line anyway. I'm in the same family, been purchased by the same blood. I have the same rights and access to all of God's grace that you do. Why would I even bother being envious or jealous of you? Praise God. I mean, I tell you, if you hear of someone doing well, get in the shouting line. Why? For their sake. Praise God for what they've got. We are one body. Number two, he said, not only envy, he said, but this is a sign of carnality, and that is strife. That is strife. It is, it's contention. Proverbs says it's only by pride that contention comes. Do you like to argue? You find yourself in, in oftentimes getting in, in, in heated friction with other people in strife. Well, that would again be a, an indicator of something, of someone that's not very mature. Here's, here's one of the things that I, I find often people do. Is they will rate themselves in regards to how they act, how they conduct themselves with people who are really easy to get along with and say that's me that's the way I am but it's just when I get around other people certain individuals this person at work or maybe a family member they said oh they just drive me crazy I just I just I just can't handle that and so here, here's the idea. This is who I am, but when I'm around a select group of people, then I act this way. Here's the truth, though. You are who you are. I am who I am all the time. Everybody understand? I'm not one way with God and another way with people. I don't have a really, really good relationship with God, but terrible relationships with people. I'm not really, really spiritual sometimes, but other times I'm really, really carnal. I am who I am. That's who I am all the time. Now, here's what happens, though. Sometimes when I'm when we're with an individual who might be a little more difficult to be with, they put the pressure on, or a circumstance, a, the pressure of some situation comes on. But what happens there is it doesn't transform us into a different person. It puts the pressure, and what we really have inside comes out. We didn't really want to hear that, did we? In other words, if I'm with the people, people who are really easy to get along with, they're really pray, praising and, you know, thankful, and they got a lot of good attitudes going on, 
then there's no pressure on me. I can be kind in response to that. I can be, I can be really easy to get along with. But if I'm with someone who's somewhat annoying, that's when you find out what's really in you. It's, it's like the, the, the hefty, hefty trash bags. You remember that commercial years ago about the hefty trash bags? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they'd have that hefty, hefty, hefty. And then there was another voice. What did it go? <laughs> In other words, the trash bag would be full of trash, and they'd be dragging it out to the curb. But, you know, the guy with the wimpy trash bag, he'd be dragging it out, and it breaks, and the trash goes everywhere. But if you had the hefty trash bag, of course, it could handle what? It could handle the pressure. Likewise, it is with our own lives. Sometimes when we are developed and we've grown and we are strong, we can handle things that we can't handle if we're wimpy. We can handle things as mature believers that we could not handle nearly as well as immature believers. With, a, with, with an immature person... Um, well, let me, let me come back to that. Did I give you this? James 3.16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Another translation says, for where, where envy and strife exist. Strife, fighting, fussing, that kind of thing. That's an indication of immaturity. Number three, number three, he said Divisions. Divisions, envy, strife, and divisions. If those three things, and really it's, I don't think it's exhaustive, but he said if those things exist, you're carnal. You need to have some development. Divisions, it can, you know how in our world it, it's promoted that we should fo- focus and, and, and uh, celebrate differences? Celebrate diversity. That's stupid. That is not how you get unified. That is not how you operate as one. How many know if we're going to be unified, what do we do? We focus on what we have in common. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? We can have respect for for differences, but we magnify what we have in common. That's why we used to be the United States. It's because people from all different cultures all around the world came together and focused on what we have in common. We are one nation, you know, that kind of, and we come together and it made us strong. But, you know, things are going the other way right now, unfortunately. But when it comes to our lives, our relationships, are, are, are we divisive or do we bring together do we encourage uh, unity or, or, or are we driving people and situations apart? I, I know years ago I was around this family, multiple generations, and if you would spend time with them individually through conversation, you would probably come to this opinion about them or at least you would come to the opinion that they believed this about themselves, is that they were very, very spiritual. Very spiritual. Different members of the family, you know, adult family. Very, very spiritual. Uh, Many of them had great depth of spiritual knowledge. 
they, they, they prayed. They, 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 did, they did these things. And, and if you spent time with them, you would believe that at least you would believe that they believed. They are very, very spiritual. But something I always noted and noticed about this, this family is that they were always fighting with each other. They were always separated. This person hadn't talked to this sibling for six months. This person hadn't talked to their parents for a year and a half. This, you know, and then eventually they'd come back together and they'd try to mend things. And, and, and within a short period of time, boom, blew up again. And everyone, all these highly, highly spiritual people can't get along. Does anybody see a problem with that? That's exactly opposite. I tell you what, I don't care how much someone prays, how much someone goes to church, how much someone does, does a good amount of spiritual things. If they are constantly in division in their relationships, they are not spiritual. They are carnal as the day is long. Con carne. In abundance. Amen. When Paul was talking about these things in 1 Corinthians, he really was talking about spirituality in this regard, that people, they were able to discern right and wrong, and they knew how to get along with other people. He talked about their ability ability to discern truth, and then also their relationships. And those two things seemed to be strong indicators of where someone was at spiritually. Proverbs 6.19, in the Proverbs there, it talks about things that God hates. You know, one of the things that God hates, it says... It says, one who sows discord among brethren. One who sows discord among brethren. Division is not something that God's into. I know that if we were to, to dive into this very deep, we could talk about some situations and some times when it would be right and appropriate for someone to separate for a period of time from certain people and situations. And I recognize that that's a reality, and so don't go there absolutely in all situations and circumstances. But if I find this to be the case that I can't, keep a group of friends i can't stay in a church i can't stay in a in a job because everything blows up after a period of time there might be a little bit too much flesh involved so basically paul was telling these guys here he said i don't i don't even want to talk to you in fact i can't talk to you about grown-up stuff you're too busy fussing and fighting with each other and then he said because you're carnal and so this is an indicator of where we might be. So one of the things that a mature person has going for them is they have an ability to get over stuff. They have an ability to look at at life, at people, at what happens, at circumstances, and see it in a proper light as opposed to magnifying a small thing into a large thing. It's like... Uh, you may have a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and if they lose their blankie, how many know the world is over? I mean, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter if there was a terrorist attack or, you know, some major catastrophic event in the world. If the blankie has gone, tears will stream. I mean, it will be a major, major problem. As a parent, you almost want to laugh. What do you think? Serious. 
really, you're going to cry about that. But to them, it's a big deal. That's their whole world. That's where they live. But that's a picture of immaturity. Now watch, also, when it comes to our lives, are we those who constantly have drama? Almost uncomfortable if there is no drama. (laughs) When everything's going good, you're going to stir something up. Pick a fight with someone, with something. Are we those that everything, everything's a crisis? If so, it's time to grow up. It's time to deal with our relationships right, deal with church right. You know, being in pastoral ministry for, for a while now, 24 years or so, you see a lot of things. You see a lot of things how people react and respond to stuff that doesn't matter. And sometimes you just want to go, "Mm, really? You really want to be upset about that? Are you sure? You want to give the time and attention and effort to that? You know, someone comes in church and they can hardly focus and, and, and receive anything because something, you know, was not right about their parking spot. They made me park here. Okay? You know, I've seen people get upset about their seat in church. Or everything's hinging on, you know, the temperature's off by one or two degrees. Maybe. Or I didn't like this song or this word or the way this was said. Or I didn't like that illustration and... and, and and therefore, our focus is totally off of things eternal. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, what a sad trap to fall into. That people are on their way to hell, and we fuss about little things. My blankie's gone. I know, but the serious nature of the world we live in, we've got to elevate our thoughts and take some of these little things and say, nah, that's nothing. To where a mature person oftentimes will hardly even notice. They still have preferences and things, but they'll notice and uh, someone cuts you off and, uh, but then go right back, then right on. Someone does, you know, someone is rude or says something in an inappropriate way or ignore, you get ignored and it's just, you may notice it, but then it's like you're off to the next thing and if you're asked later on, you wouldn't even remember it. Because it's taken a proper place in life as something minimal, something small, We've got a bigger picture to look at here. We've got something more important. Uh, you know, someone told me about uh, a friend of theirs was looking, uh, was trying out this church, and he said it was really good, a lot of good things happening, and, but he went there for a little bit, then found out that their end-time theology didn't match his. What do you mean end-time? They believed the Lord Jesus was coming back and the rapture was going to take place at one particular time and he believed it was going to take place at a different particular time so he couldn't go to church there. That's the way I think. Serious? You couldn't go to church there because they disagreed with you? About one thing, and it wasn't even eternal, you know, it's not like salvation-oriented. You couldn't handle having a different opinion. See, a mature person can handle disagreeing with someone else and not letting it be a big deal. You recognize you can, you can believe something. I mean, there are essentials that we need to agree on, 
But there are things you can disagree about, and you don't have to make it the big de- a big deal. It's like, oh, that's whatever, that's fine. They could be right, they could be wrong, I could be right, I could be wrong. But, you know, as long as we've got the main thing, the main thing. See, we see things with a different perspective. It's a mature place to live. Mature people, they, they learn how to blow things off. Things that happened that previously would have really done them damage, would have destroyed their life, but they've grown now. And so they're able to handle things. They're able to brush it off. I know of a couple, married couple, that uh, early on in their marriage had a lot of trouble because they were two people who wanted to be in charge. And they were two really strong personalities, making decisions, and, and they'd butt heads a lot. And maybe some of you have that kind of situation going on. And, you know, a lot of times what happens in that situation is that marriage doesn't even make it. They, 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 they separate. But in this situation, they stayed. And sometimes just doing something longer is the answer. Just staying longer. Because what happened is they grew. Spiritually. They developed. They got close with the Lord. And now their marriage is awesome. And yet they still have those personalities, but they have them from a mature position, not an immature position. Everybody with me? There are situations or relationships, whether we're talking about marriage or friendship or work or church or uh, different relationships, that if we just operate on a personality basis and, and, and we're fighting for our own way, man, a lot of, lot of strife, a lot of uh, friction there. But if we grow and develop, you can handle so much more. So many of these things, you just, yeah, whatever. Blow it off. Not that big a deal. Let's keep our eye on the ball. Let's recognize eternity. Let's recognize lives changed. Yeah, someone took my seat today, but maybe that person needs to get saved. (laughs) Amen. Amen.